Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and coatings industry. Today's guest is Trent Cotney. Trent is the CEO and founder of Cotney Construction Law, which is a law firm that's changing the way the construction industry handles legal risk and safety challenges. Trent is a construction lawyer himself and has been dedicated to serving the roofing industry since 1999. Trent is also the primary author and editor of the Amazon best-selling book, OSHA Defense for the Construction Industry. He's received numerous awards in the industry and has recently been awarded the Joe Watley Lifetime Achievement Award. Trent, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, so tell me uh, more about your background. How did you get into construction law? So my grandfather was a roofer, and I grew up in a family of construction. We owned a uh, hardware store that serviced contractors in a lumber yard. I worked briefly on a, a demo and drywall crew in, in Nashville to help my, make my way through school. Yeah. And all my friends are in construction. So when I got out of law school, I needed to do something that I felt passionate about. And I've been representing the industry for 21 years now and just been kind of blessed and fortunate to have gotten to know a lot of great people like you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you started your own firm. I mean, what were the biggest challenges starting out? So for me, you know, I came from big firms. I worked for the first 15 years of my uh, career with big national firms and had achieved a lot of success there. And starting your own business is a lot like having a kid. There's never a perfect time to do it. You just sort of do it and see how it goes. So eight years ago, I decided to kind of take the plunge. And I knew that what I wanted to do was sort of be a disruptor. I knew that I had a book of business and I knew I was very passionate about representing the industry. So I started critically looking at every aspect of the practice of law and figuring out if there was just a better way to do things. And Mm -hmm. I think contractors and trade state expect a different type of relationship with their lawyers. They want to be able to have instant communication. They want to be able to have relatable information. One of the biggest things I see out there is a lot of times, whether it's lawyers or technical advisors, whoever it might be there, sometimes they talk over their intended audience and we don't do that. We get to the point, we speak plainly. Most of the people that work here in this company have a background in construction similar to myself. Mm. So it's been a, a great working relationship and I love what I do. Wow. I mean, when you point that out, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, you, you definitely do that. Disrupting in the, the law industry is, is tough. I mean, there's all these rules around marketing and all that stuff, but you seem to kind of be able to navigate that well. Mm-hmm. Has it come, did it come sort of naturally there? It came organically. And you know, one of the things that, that we made sure that we do is we know how to communicate with our customer base. If we know where they are, we know what they're looking for. And internally, you know, we have an internal compliance officer that talk to routinely to make sure that that we're doing everything that we need to. But my goal is to always be where our customers are. I don't I don't want to be your typical ivory tower lawyer that's sitting up in a high rise somewhere. (laughs) I want to be feet on the ground. I, I always say that a lot of lawyers think that because of three years of education they're somehow above the fray. And mm-hmm. I never viewed myself as that. I, I always wanted to be a business partner, not just a third party lawyer. So I don't ever think of myself above the fray. We, we are the fray. We're right there with our customers going hand in hand uphill in the battle. So 
Wow. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's like you said, you're, you're working the fundamentals, but like how many other lawyer firms or other industries, let's say accounting or something that, that go, don't go in that direction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's legal accounting, insurance, very, all those industries very slow to change and evolve. And I think we just live in a time now, especially with what's going on, you have to be able to communicate. You got to figure out how to do things quicker, faster, more efficient. So we're constantly looking at ways to try to improve what we do and how we do it. And some of the unique things that we've come up with, like our subscription plan, for example, has mm. just been a huge success. It's, it's sort of changed the way that we're able to communicate because anyone in a company can call us at any time for any reason. Okay. And most of the time people are concerned about being able to pick up the phone and get billed for every second that you talk to a lawyer. Yeah. I didn't want that. So our subscription plans are, are great because if let's say a contractor's out in the field and their project manager has OSHA show up on the job site and they need to know what to do, instead of going through three or four layers of bureaucracy, they can pick up the phone and call us and we can proactively help before it becomes a bigger problem. So it's all about being proactive rather than reactive. I don't want any of our customers to ever get sued. I don't want to get sued. And yeah. I, I want to prevent that from happening. And it's just, it's been a great working relationship. Yeah, you said, you know, okay, so they're on the job site, of course, that's when they need it, right? Someone shows up. Right. Now, how do you how do you sort of provide that sort of instant access? I mean, does everyone has mobile phones, maybe internet, mm-hmm. like, how, how does that sort of interaction happen? So we have five years ago, I started this process of looking into subscription plans. And it started with the base. And this is how it started. Yeah. I was looking at my American Express bill and for the first time ever, I noticed a Netflix charge on there and I don't ever think about Netflix. I don't ever, I thought, wow, that thing has been billing for four or five, six, seven years now. I've never even thought about it. And then I thought that's the kind of relationship I want. I want contractors to know that we're always there for them. So we started building out things. What the two things that differentiate us, one in our subscription plan is, is the fact that we have a customer service team. We have mm. four people in our customer service department. Okay. I can't think of another law firm that has that. So yeah. when not only do you get a designated lawyer that's your supervising lawyer, but you also get a customer service rep that is assigned to you so that in the event that information is needed, you always got two points of contact. Mm. And we use a lot of technology to ensure that we're staying in front of our, our clients on a daily basis. The other thing that's kind of unique about about what we do and how we communicate is we're constantly doing value add. Like in mm-hmm. these times, for example, a lot of the stuff that they get it first, whether it's it's HR changes or safety changes or contract changes, they're going to get it. They're going to know about it before anybody else. They get priority treatment. So if we have, guarantee you when I'm off this call, I probably have 20 missed calls. <laughs> Customer service tells me who's a subscriber and they get called first. And that's that's how it works. So That's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Because if you have customer service, they're managing the expectation, they can prioritize how urgent it is, and then use different channels to sort of bypass certain systems to get you to or the accountant or the sort of the lawyer to call back. So that's pretty, that's pretty slick. I like that. It is if you take what lawyers are, yeah. okay, if you really take what we're what we are, and you put them in a sifter, okay, really, what we are is service providers, that's it. So the only thing that differentiates me from someone 30 other people in downtown that can probably do the same exact claim of lien I can is the fact that we're part of the industry mm-hmm. and that our customers know we care about them. Okay. So obviously they're going to get expert level help. They're going to get professional attention. They're going to get all that kind of stuff. But the differentiator is that they know that we care about them. 
And our customer service team does that. So lawyers are lawyers for a reason. I try not to put a square peg in a round hole. So why not have customer service people do customer service? Nice. Do you, do you track customer service levels somehow within your, your clients? Absolutely. We use a modified client uh, CRM software. We are very, I've been cloud-based and paperless since 2012 when it wasn't cool to do that. So I've always been, I hated clunky server systems. I've always, yeah. my idea is I need to be able to work anywhere, anytime, any place with an internet connection. So when we have shutdowns and things that are going on now, it hasn't phased, phased us at all. We were already prepared to do that. I joke around here at the office, I travel a bunch. I always <laughs> say, if I want to get work done, I book a flight because I know I'll have two hours of quiet. So. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, we love right. technology too. So definitely we like the idea of being able to do anything from anywhere, mm-hmm. any desk or any laptop. So very cool. Man, that's, uh, I'm digesting that. That's, that's pretty cool. Customer service team, what technologies do you use to coordinate? Sure. So internally, we have advanced Office 365. I don't remember mm-hmm. which platform it is, but it's an advanced platform. We use a Clio, the advanced level of Clio, which is a legal software system that interfaces. Yeah. And then we use Smartsheet, which yeah. is basically acts as our operating system. For those of you that aren't familiar with Smartsheet, it's a fantastic program. It, it, I'm a very visual person. So yeah. I like having everything in my face to tell me exactly what, what it is. And our COO has done a great job in making sure that I've got that information whenever I need it. Yeah, yeah. We, we used to use Smartsheet. I think we've moved to monday.com, but we, we see the value of a Smartsheet for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's about getting everybody on the same page. I, as, the, as the company has grown, I wanted to avoid the silo effect where you have different department heads not communicating with others in a good way. You've got to be able to merge that, especially with multiple offices in a way where everybody's on the same page and you can centralize efficiencies. Yeah, yeah. It's not as much as a tool as a buy-in with your team, right? Absolutely. It's, it's getting them to buy on whether they like it or not. <laughs> Was it easy to get people to buy on or did, were you just kind of hiring against that constantly and you didn't find that an issue? It's, lawyers are very difficult people. <laughs> they, they are, well, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed with some great people here, but they are very difficult people. So yes, there was there was a lot of pushback, but I tend to be very persuasive. So <laughs> we're we're moving forward. And there's one thing that I can certainly say about myself in this company is that there's no moss growing on this stone. So we we are constantly moving forward. Nice. Okay, so let's talk about the calls, type of calls that you get through customer service. What are the common legal issues that come up in the construction industry? So one of the, obviously we, we get, we are a full service law firm. We just cater to construction. So we have three full-time employment lawyers. All they do is they answer HR questions, wage and hour, hiring and firing questions, discrimination, harassment, wrongful termination, all those types of questions where contractors normally get in trouble, they handle that as well as HR manual review and revisions. We have an OSHA team, which handles all of our safety. Many of us have OSHA 10s and OSHA 30s, including myself. So we navigate everything from the OSHA citation process and inspection process to revising safety manuals and even providing safety training. On a construction side of things, it tends to be, I haven't been paid on a job, how do I get paid? Which includes lien claims and bond claims, reviewing construction contracts. So as part of our, even our basic plan, you get unlimited contract review, unlimited. And trust me when I say, there's some contractors that take advantage of that. So (laughs) unlimited means unlimited. You send us 10 contracts in a month, we're going to review 10 contracts. And a lot of these contracts are very complicated. So 
in order to be a great litigator in court, you have to understand contracts. So it goes hand in hand. Other things is we do a lot of mergers and acquisitions, a lot of corporate work. We do trademark and some intellectual property work. We also have creditors' rights and bankruptcy group. And here's something that's really interesting. So we aren't just a law firm. Mm-hmm. We have a lobbying group and we are now expanding. We have Cottony Consulting Group. We are doing business training. We're going to add technical training and workforce training. And we're going to add that as value add to our subscribers. Soon we will do safety training. So our goal is to make sure that we are a one-stop shop where you have everything that you need. Our COO, 45 years in the roofing industry, not a lawyer, worked for various top 100 roofing contractors, the real deal. So we are trying to morph beyond just providing legal and really incorporating all the aspects of risk mitigation to make sure that we're doing everything that a a contractor needs. It makes sense. I mean, one of the, the guys that I interviewed, top innovation guys, talked about solving the problem for for the client and then expanding outwards, mm-hmm. like the the mobile apps do, right? They they now solve pretty much all the problems that you can you can solve on off the phone. So you're doing mm-hmm. that same thing, which is very smart. It's it's about it's exactly what you said. It's about solving problems, and I think. We are a very unique company in that we are nimble. We have the capable of bobbing and weaving where we have to. And when we see a need, we address it and we move quickly to do that. So I, I think as the next year or two progresses, our types of services are going to continue to expand. And we look forward to unveiling those things over the next few months. That's awesome. Now, going particularly back to roofing, what sort of issues that commonly uh, roofers face? Uh, I know you, some of those you, you mentioned apply to all construction, but mm-hmm. what are the ones that are unique to roofing? So we are heavily, obviously heavily ingrained in the roofing industry with our general counsel positions throughout the U.S. And we work very closely hand-in-hand with associations, including NRCA, FRSA, Western States, and a variety of other organizations to ensure that we are keeping roofing contractors out of trouble. We deal on every with every single aspect of roofing. So we get into the weeds. We understand the technical issues. We understand supply chain issues. We have the connections. So oftentimes I don't have to send a nasty letter. I can pick up the phone to the person on the side because I probably talked to them in Las Vegas at IRE or I've talked to them at this place or that place or wherever. And it's those kind of connections that allow us to get stuff done behind the scenes quickly and efficiently. I would say the types of calls that we get the most is navigating claims process on projects, spec issues, change order issues, that type of stuff, navigating HR issues. How do I hire or fire somebody? OSHA dealing with with that. How do I navigate it? Inspections. We've had a lot of immigration work. Our immigration lawyer has been very busy with I-9 compliance, ICE audits, ice raids, unfortunately, on a few. So anything and everything that a roofing contractor needs, we've done it before. That It takes a lot to surprise us at this point because we are so heavily, heavily ingrained in that industry. Yeah. Basically, you're, you're trying to become the first person they call if there's something up. Yeah. And, and with our, our geographic reach with 14 offices across the country with 45 plus lawyers, and we're licensed in 21 states with another five pending, we have the capability of, of really being able to centralize a lot of that legal and build on efficiencies. So that's one of the things you talk about the importance of technology. 
that's one of the things that we use technology for is so that all our lawyers aren't having to reinvent the wheel. It's a cumulative effect so that the more we go on, the more stronger we get internally with our research databases, with our contacts, we, we can get to the answer like this. No one is ever paying us to get up to speed on roofing law because it's what we do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, I mean, we're a coding manufacturer. Mm-hmm. We're always, uh, one of the things that always comes up or we, or we keep our eye on is roofing warranties. They're very complicated. What sort of issues come up in terms of that? So roofing warranties are, you're right. You're right. And it is a sort of a sticking point. I tend to look at a few things when it comes to warranties. One is, is you want to make sure whoever's selling the job, you want to make sure that they're selling the right system to obtain the warranty that they put in their contract. So a lot of times we'll have issues where the scope of work will identify a very specific product, but that product doesn't come with the warranty that's specified. So it's important that the contractor that's out, that's applying it, the applicator is looking at it and making sure that it's apples to apples. The other thing that that oftentimes we come in an issue with, and, and I'm a big believer in trying to extend the olive branch and get things done the right way, is making sure that if there is a warranty claim that everybody's flying in formation. Let's figure out a way where manufacturer, contractor can work together to keep the customer happy because nothing pleases a plaintiff's lawyer more and a manufacturer and a contractor fighting against each other. They're just sitting there going, and that's not good. That's not good for anybody. So we're a big believer in being proactive, reaching out, figuring out great political ways to work together to get stuff resolved. I would say the biggest issue we see is overselling, just overselling product capability. And a lot of that is is what's what's identified in the contract. So making sure that that you're really working hand in hand with the tech rep and the sales rep and those types of things is, is critical. Yeah, no, makes a lot of sense. Cooperation. So, I mean, you're on social media. It seems like you're attending events and you're on c- numerous committees. How extensive is your involvement? Because I feel like every day you're in a, in a meeting or you're volunteering for something. So it's gotten, and this sounds corny, but it's gotten to a point in my career I've done everything that I need to do to prove myself as a lawyer. I've won the trials. I've won the juries. I've been blessed and won tremendous amount of honors and awards. What motivates me now is I want to affect positive change in this industry. That is what I am passionate about. And the reason I'm passionate about it is because I know, not to sound like Taken movie, but I have a special set of skills. (laughs) So I know that I have a special skill set and I know that I can do good for the industry. So when I serve as general counsel for NRCA and FRSA and Western States and RT3 and all these other associations, we give our time back for free. All of that is pro bono. We did over a half million dollars in pro bono work last year. Most people don't realize that. They think, you know, I'm just sitting back. (laughs) That's not it. I'm I'm doing it all for free. And the reason that we do that is because I believe that our firm as a company, the industry supports us. We have a special duty to support our industry. That is what we can give back. And there's no better way to do that than to support the associations that support the industry. So that's why we believe very passionately in giving back. And I, everybody that participates in associations, they're all doing the same thing I'm doing. They're all giving back. Every contractor member, every manufacturer member, every supplier. So I'm nothing special. I'm not trying to say that. But what I am saying is, is I feel a duty. I feel an obligation to make sure that I'm educating and then I'm giving back to help our industry get to that next level. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So with all these obligations and flying around, what are some of the things, like the top three habits or routines that keep you sort of 
grounded or, or moving in the right direction? Sure. So what I like to do is I, I am acutely aware of what my weaknesses are, uh, <laughs> but I do have some strengths. And yeah. one strength is I'm an excellent multitasker. Hmm. So what I like to do is, is I'm very good at triage. And yeah. what I try to do is I try to figure out every day, what are the critical things that have to be done? Hmm. Normally when I get into the office, I have a list of 20, 30 things. I can't even get to those because another 50 things have happened. <laughs> so for me, it's about, I have a fantastic team that works with me. It's about making sure that I am funneling information to get responses back as quickly as possible and that I am communicating information consistently with all customers. So what I do mentally, the first step is I take that, that process at the beginning of the day. I go over what I, what I would like to get done. I go over what I absolutely have to get done and I figure out who can help me, who can assist me in getting this stuff done. The second thing I would say I would do is, is keeping a good routine exercising daily, trying to get good sleep, trying to eat. It's hard when you're on the road, but mm. doing all of that consistently is important. And then I would say third thing, obviously, is I, I spend time with my family. I have a 10-year-old, and I've got a very supportive wife. She has the patience of Job to put up with me. So what I do is every evening at 6.15, I leave the office, regardless of how much I have to work. I go home. I have dinner. I spend time with my son. When he goes to bed, I'm working again. And that is, I could literally work 24 hours a day if I want, but <laughs> I, I try to make time with my family. The other thing that I've done that I think has been, been really good is I bring them on the road with me mm. because I'm on the road so much. It's hard during the school year, but during the summer and when I can, I bring my family with me so that ideally I would love my son to get in the industry. I don't care if he's a lawyer. Mm -hmm. uh, honestly, if I could go back, I'd probably become a roofer at this point. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I know what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. If you weren't in the industry, what would you do? <laughs> yeah, I would be a roofing contractor, man. I, I would be making it. So, But I love taking him around the trade shows. I want him to experience some of the passion that I've experienced over the years. The thing to me about roofing other than any other industry is that it is family. It is, I meet great people like you. I, you and I talked at IRE yeah. and I felt an instant connection, even though we'd only communicated via social media a few times, that kind of stuff. But you just meet these wonderful, fantastic people. And I know many roofing contractors better than I do some of my extended family. So <laughs> I really, that's the part I love. And uh, I mean, every word I say when I'm, I'm just, I'll, I'll fight till I can't fight anymore. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm impressed. Is there... What does the future look like for you? I mean, you mentioned a little bit, but what does the future look like for you? So I promised myself when I opened this business, and this was a very difficult, I had it easy. I had it very easy. I could literally be working a tenth as hard as I'm doing, be a fat cat up in one of these high rises, and that's just not me. I live a very basic life by choice. For me, I promised myself that I would go as hard as I can for as long as I can until I hit a wall. And then if I hit a wall, I could say that I did everything with my God-given talent. I left it all on the field. So the good news is I haven't hit that wall yet. <laughs> I will, I see opportunity. I see opportunity everywhere. And I know that we have the skill set and the capability to provide fantastic services. So I am committed to continued growth within this company, even during these difficult times. I'm already planning the next 10, 15, 20 steps for us. Nice. We're looking to expand internationally. I would be shocked if this time next year we're not in Canada. <laughs> I think we have the capability and the skill set to really go anywhere we want because of our experience in roofing. It's, it is unparalleled with the amount of employees we have, with the amount of knowledge that we have at this point. 
what I really want to do is I'm working on some very unique projects now to solve problems. I want to solve the industry's problems to the extent that I can. Obviously, working with the associations, that's part of the process. But I think there's some very unique things that we're doing that are going to change how roofing contractors do work and how they interface moving forward. So I'm excited. Obviously, my time has been taken up with some other things recently, but I am excited about working with more of those on more of those projects. And I think it's going to help revolutionize how roofing, how the industry reacts, not, not just with contractors, but with manufacturers, suppliers, every aspect of roofing. So stay tuned for that. If that's not a good, a good promo, I don't know what is, but hey, that's uh, pretty good to we're, me. we're working on something here and I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of it. So. Awesome. So last question, is there anything I should have asked you, but didn't? I want to know how you're doing, man. <laughs> I wish I could have talked to you more. You know, it's, it's, I really enjoy, you do a fantastic job on social media. I, even if I don't react to everything, I see everything that you're doing. So how are you doing? Tell me, tell me what's going on with you and your company and how are things over there? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a coding manufacturing company. We, we originally weren't intending to be in the roofing industry. We were in flooring and we were doing oil and gas and foods. And, and we just kept getting roofers contacting us saying that there's some challenges in the roofing industry in terms of coatings that are not being addressed. So originally, we we're intimidated by all the warranties and all the things that are not present in the, the other inter- industries. But when we got over that, we realized that well, there is a big gap technology-wise in the market. So we went in there and we're just starting to love roofing more and more every day. I mean, I get to meet great people like you. I've interviewed other great people like Reed and other people. And it's been a fantastic experience. And I think as I get more and more into it, I just want to find ways to give back more to the to the industry and get myself more involved mm-hmm. and getting to know more people. So I'm enjoying the the challenge and the opportunity. Great, great. Well, I think you and I will be talking more here because I'd like to pick your brain on some things and you know, sure. you're know you a good man. I look forward, hopefully when all this passes, I look forward to seeing you on the road sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Trent, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for listening to Specify today. also want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. If you know anyone anyone that would benefit from this episode, please pass it along. And finally, make sure you subscribe to hear upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.